yeah, here we go. It is freaking Thursday up in here. One step closer to the weekend. And this is a weekend off for uh, the Big 49. I'm pretty sure uh, Moto and the Dudes will do a Moto show. And I am pretty sure I will not be there for it. I actually have plans. It's amazing how when you spend every waking moment of your life uh, working and then you finally like you're going to have it. And then Moto's like, no, we have to do the Moto show. And I'm like, yeah, my wife's about to stab me in the dick. Uh, there's a party we got invited to for one of our dear friends. And if I don't go on a weekend that we're not having races, I will be stabbed. So uh, I am stepping away from the 49 on Saturday, even though... I am going to wake up early in the morning and go out to a thing at the Alpine Stars they're doing. I talk about it in a Moto Minute today, but they have like a little <clears throat> like open house thing, 7.30 to 10.30 in Torrance at their headquarters. And that is not incredibly far from my house. It's not close, but it's in this hemisphere. And most things Moto are at least 25, 35 miles, 40 miles, 50 miles, 70, 80 miles from my house here in Southern California because I live on the far, 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 far west side. So I will, uh, I think I might check that out. I might get up early and go check that out on Saturday morning. But uh, the Moto Show, I may not be able to get to as I'm going to do this uh, party instead. So there will be something. But you know what? If I get home and there's time and we, we do it at the right time, I might jump on the Moto Show for a little bit because this is how I roll. I'm, I'm the stretch re. I am here to uh, be down for the 4-9 no matter what it is. So not 100% out, but if they do something early enough, I may jump on the line and bang it out here. We'll see, but there are no guarantees. I do guarantee this, though, coming up in mere moments right here on The Stretch Show. We will talk with Mr. Bam Bam Justin Barsha from that TLD Gas Gas team. I love seeing Barsha really. He, If you've watched him this season, kind of had a rough start. And then had the last four weeks, he's really looked good. The last four races, Barsha's really, really dialing it in. Him and AP are starting to really come into it this second half of the season. And I like seeing it, especially with uh, Barsha being up on a contract here. So we'll see where he ends up next year. I I don't know what's going on with the Gas Gas guys. There's no rumors out there flying around about these guys other than all three of those dudes are up for a contract. And I don't know what's happening. Uh, Michael Mosman's been hurt for a good while now. Pierce Brown's having okay results. And Barsha's as good as ever right now, so that's awesome to see. Barsha's no spring chicken either. It's cool to see him kicking ass at the age of 33, which is grandpa world in the sport of moto. It really is. And he says he wants to keep racing, so we want to keep watching. Uh, I love the the style and everything about that guy. He's got a great sense of humor, and he's always been cool with the 4.9. So shout out Barsha. He's coming up in a minute. If you missed the interview with Cooper Webb yesterday, that's going to run at the middle of the show today. And I can tell you this, Cooper Webb plays head games, and he admits to it coming up on the show. So we'll get that. Then on this show today, I got something bad for Florida, bad news for Florida. Another invasive species, which is way, way, way worse And it's been around just about as long as the pythons, but hasn't been getting the attention until now. They're sounding the oh crap alarm on this one. So this is not good news for the Florida Everglades. 
Then I have something China did, and I love that this article's written by American, you know, scientists. And they're just, oh, yeah, well, this is why. Well, you know what? F you, American scientist. I've never in my life ever, and I am an old-ass man, heard an American scientist say this. China makes a discovery on the moon, and America's like, oh, yeah, well, it's simple. It's this and this and this. And you're like, F you. Why didn't you guys say this? Why didn't you ever mention this? Why are we spending billions of dollars to go to Mars when this crap was right here on the moon, you a-holes? So we're going to get into that story. And then I got a guy with no penis, but there's a fix to it. That's good news. Got a guy that missed his uh, mom. His mom died. He really missed her. So I'll tell you what he did. And then I got another psycho murderer. I got just good, gross stories today. It's what I do on the stretch show. So strap it in. Get ready. Mr. Bam Bam, Justin Barsha coming up in moments. And then we'll roll into these other sick and disgusting stories right here on a Big 49 for Thursday. Big 49, it is Stretch, and right now we are going to sit down with one of our favorite writers on the entire circuit, because not only is it his birthday, happy birthday, Justin, but he is back on the podium and looking good on that freaking TLD gas gas machine. His name is Justin Bam Bam Barsha, and Justin, you are coming on here in these last few races, like really, really dialed in, and what I really notice about you is that you're coming out, you're getting into that front pack, and then you start eating people at the end, like you're making a lot of ground. It's like you get faster as the race goes on, and I know that's uh, you know attributed to conditioning and you know setup and being dialed in, but walk us through that. How's that feel right now for you at this point in your career to be the dude that's coming from behind and taking people? People out as these motos go on yeah it feels good for sure um about it's been probably four weeks now we found a good yeah. setting on the bike okay. and the bike's working really good and i'm able to show my potential out there um i feel yeah. strong feel obviously speeds there i've been qualifying really well which is awesome because beginning of the season i was really <laughs> cracking the top 10 qualifying yeah. so that was that was tough but mentally i stayed strong uh worked through it we got the bike comfy the bike's really good right now and uh yeah for me uh yeah just having fun right now it's been <laughs> been super good to heat race today wasn't the best i struggled a little bit but then um you know main event time i know you know i yeah. got the fitness to go the long run and the speeds there so um the only thing i need to do right now is clean up my starts a little bit and we'll be, be in a good spot for sure all right justin you're a dude that's got a reputation for being really good on really gnarly tracks uh it's been bad the last three or four have broken down a lot uh what was this track like tonight out there because on camera watching it looking at it it looked like it, it was uh, uh getting pretty bad i mean it was nasty enough that's for yeah. sure um <laughs> it, it broke down a lot yeah um it, it was just um so the, obviously when they tarp it the water sits in the bottom a little bit and you get yeah. these spongy spots and then they kind of are almost like walls so um they're just uh. super harsh and it's hard uh it's hard on the hard on the hands and the wrists but uh yeah. all in all it was a good racetrack um lots of lines lots of options in the corners it did break down a lot yeah. uh, for me i got kind of stuck in that following line jumping through loops in the beginning and then like eli said he was skimming them to the left and i i picked that up uh, okay. midway through and that was my big spot as well picking up a lot of time there in the loops but all in all the track definitely a lot of braking bumps it's the yeah. the braking bumps are gnarly on in supercross suspension so you gotta you know have a, have a good bike and we had a good setup tonight but the track definitely broke down and it was it was pretty rough all right and the crowd was definitely into it again tonight packed uh like sixty thousand people uh what's it like out there for you 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 know this year with these massive crowds and these sellouts that we've been seeing in supercross 
Yeah, definitely. The stadiums have been packed this year. It yeah. feels good, and we've definitely been putting on some really good races. There's, yeah. uh, we're all really strong competitors. Um, there's been great battles and a lot of fun, so I think uh, the fans are really enjoying it, and uh, we're enjoying it as well. We're happy to be up here on the podium. We'll keep giving it to the fans for sure. <laughs> Very cool, Justin. Uh, got a week off here. We are not racing next weekend. Uh, what's going to happen? Do you want to just keep it rolling? You really seem to be building momentum the last three or four weeks in particular just getting better and better and better uh do you want to just keep racing or are you looking forward to this week off i want to keep it rolling for sure but uh <laughs> it's also nice to have a break um yeah. for us our, our team will do some motocross work on uh just yeah. we haven't really rode this new bike on motocross so it'll be good to get out there and uh get a feel for it but yeah. uh yeah just some training uh chill out on the weekend a little bit spend some time with the family but yeah i wish we were going racing uh, we're, <laughs> we have a good role going on right now so yeah it'll be it'll be weird but it'll also be quite nice to chill out all right justin uh congratulations back on the box tonight in seattle looking freaking good on your birthday uh, couldn't ask for I guess you could ask for a win would be the only thing that would make it better but it was fun to watch tonight congratulations on your success uh, can't wait to see what happens when we head into Arizona in a couple weeks best of luck to you there we'll talk to you soon I am stretch this is the big 49 your home of moto rock extreme the man all right, it is opening day for Major League Baseball, and I can tell you I really give two Fs about baseball whatsoever. It's a girl sport for me. I don't watch it. It's like watching paint dry. But I can tell you this. I might become a fan of the Texas Rangers because it is opening day. Everybody starts talking about all the food they have at the park, and they make these specialty things. And Texas Rangers just won the World Series in my eyes. They now have a two-foot-long cheeseburger that is topped with chili and onion rings, and they call it the Boomstick Burger. It looks badass. I may go to Texas just to have this effing burger. I bet I can eat the whole thing, too, by myself. It looks badass. I like this. All the ballparks got something, but Texas Rangers, you win. World Series is yours. This is kind of scary. Two dudes who are smarter than, well, me or you, let's be honest. It's Elon Musk and Steve Wozniak. And these two smart dudes, along with 1,100 other people in the technology industry, have all gotten together and signed an open letter from Future of Life Institute. And what they're doing is calling out developers of AI software. And they are asking them to please stop what you're doing. Let's take a, another look at this because they feel there will be catastrophic results from the human use of AI in the future. Well, here's something you don't see every day. Disney announced they were laying off 7,000 people and you're like, all right, there go all the guys making no money, the people to do all the hard work for them. And they did something that really impressed me. They fired the head of Marvel Entertainment. This guy makes huge money. He is a big time job and they're like, yeah, we're just gonna fold that into the larger Disney business units and we're gonna eliminate that job. So sucks for you if you're this guy Ike Perlmutter, but pretty good on the bottom line and it saved a lot of little people jobs, I gotta imagine. The Man Entertainment with Stretch. Big 4-9, it is a stretch show. Right now, we're going to go to the moon, bitches, and we're going to go learn something courtesy of our friends at Chicken to China. Just joking, they're not really our friends. They're sneaky Chinese bastards. But I'm going to shout them out. I'm going to big up China on this one because they've made a discovery on the moon that... And by the way, China's never stepped foot on the moon. They've had rovers on the moon. They've been flying around the moon with orbiters. 
They'd never stepped foot on the moon, yet their rovers went to the moon, collected some samples, they have brought it back, and they have made a shocking discovery on the moon that I've never, ever, ever heard anyone in American, you know, scientific world ever say. And now they're like giving comments on, well, of course this happens when this and this and this is how that happened. Well, if you MFers knew this crap, why weren't we thinking of this before? Why weren't we trying to go back to the moon sooner than we are now? We're not going for another couple of years. We're planning on manned missions back to the moon. But the only reason you're doing that is because China's kicking your ass and they're up there now doing stuff and they just made this massive, massive discovery. Let me tell you what this massive discovery is and tell me if you've ever heard this before because the answer is no, you have not. I already know. It's a question. It's a trick question. I asked you a question I already knew the answer to. Chinese researchers have discovered billions of tons of water on the moon. They're like, there's no, uh, I've looked at the moon, like, I've got a telescope. And if that was a lake up there, or like a river, I got a saw it with my telescope, and that is not factual. In fact, we just fact-checked you and found out that you're a big liar. No, I am not a liar. And here's why they explain how this happened. So the little freaking lander that they put on the dark side of the moon collected some samples and brought them back. In those samples, there were tons of these little tiny glass spheres, little glass balls, and the little glass balls are filled with water. Tons and tons of them. And a lot of it's covered with dust so it couldn't be seen, and it was just under the dust, they found all these little glass balls of water. I'm like, what the F is that? I'll tell you what I'm thinking. I'm like, what the F happened? I got no idea. But then they get smart guys, and the smart guys go, oh, this is very simple. Duh. Of course there's water on the moon. Now shut up. You didn't know there was water on the moon, you MFers. They did not. American scientists did not know there was water on the moon. No one knew there was water on the moon until China just told us there was water on the moon because they brought some of it back to Earth. And it's going to be a process of how you get the water, but it's pretty damn cool. So what they say is the little glass spheres are known as impact glasses of microtechites from when meteorites smash into the moon at tens to hundreds of thousands of miles an hour and they blast chunks of the crust of the moon and it hits and it makes an explosion and does all kinds of awesome things and inside the plumes when these things hit there are silicate minerals that are heated to molten temperatures by the force of the impact combined to form tiny glass beads that are sprinkled like crumbs all over the lunar landscape. The moon's soil contains oxygen, which means that the beads do too. When uh, struck with ionized hydrogen from solar wind, the oxygen in the molten spheres reacts to form water. There's water, these little beads filled with water and they're all over the moon. And they've already realized that they can take these little glass beads, put them in a pot, cook them, and basically release the water just that is a process but the fact that there is water right on the surface of the moon that can be gotten to by human beings is a very 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 big deal that is a very big deal 
So they say you get the right temperature, you cook the beads down so it releases the water into the moon's atmosphere and onto its surface, acting as a reservoir that is slowly refilled over time. They say this could make these spheres an ideal source of water as well as hydrogen and oxygen for future space missions that NASA could plan to the moon. Even though it was discovered by the Chinese and NASA knew nothing about it, you lying sacks of crap. Oh, yeah, well, of course there's water in the moon. Yeah, little fears. Of course that happens when a meteor hits the planet and it makes you those fears and then they turn into water. We knew that. No, you didn't. You didn't know that. We'd have been talking about this long, long ago. We would have tried to send people there sooner. So there you go. This all came from China's uh, Chang 5 mission, named for the Chinese goddess of the moon. And that was their fifth one where they got these little beads back and they realized these beads got water in them. And that landed on the moon, scooped up the material in December 2020. So shout out to China, man. Chicken to China. I'll give you props where props is due. And you discovered water on the moon, something that America, who has been to the moon a bunch of times, had no effing clue. No clue they were there. So that's that's a big deal. Big, big deal. And all you scientists shut up about, oh, yeah, we did that. It's like when I talk to these moto idiots, when you're like, dude, did you know a bike can do Of course I knew it could do that. Uh, just, just You downshift here, you pop it there. Well, yeah, why don't you do it then, you dickwads? I hate that. Yeah, shut up. Uh, Freaking know-it-all bastards. I hate know-it-all bastards. Even though I am a know-it-all bastard, I hate myself sometimes, too. All right, I'm Stretch. Up next, let's talk about bad news for, well... Florida. That's what we're going to do. Talk about really bad news for Florida. There's something there, and it's whooping ass. Now, here's good news for humans. The invasive species are incredibly tasty. Incredibly tasty. In fact, one of my favorite things. We will uh, talk about this next. It's the Big 49. Big, big, big. big. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. With the entire motocross world having a week off this weekend, no racing going on. They're not getting back to Supercross till next weekend, and that'll be out in Arizona. Well, they're all doing things like riding, practicing outdoor, doing that, but it seems like the HRC Honda guys, they're golfing. That's what they're doing. It's good to see these guys get away from moto and moto training for a while and you like clear their heads. And I didn't know Chase Sexton was a lefty, but man, if you're on that HRC Honda team, it seems like it's mandatory that you're a golfer. I'm Stretch, another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 49, it is a Stretch show, and I'm here to bring you bad news about the Florida Everglades. It's bad, it's doomed. Honestly, like, it might be doomed. We have talked about for years they've been battling the invasive uh, Burmese pythons that are just taken to basically the Florida Everglades like a fish out of water, and they get giant and they eat everything in sight down there that is a, an animal and they are cleaning it out and they have bounties on these things now and there's great python hunts all throughout Florida where they try to eradicate that species and they're not winning that that fight. It's not happening. And those things are crazy bad. And we've really been concentrating on these for a long time and they're eating the animals, yes, <laughs> but they're not going to wipe out the ecosystem. These other mother efforts are going to wipe out the ecosystem. Get ready. And this is decimation. And I don't I think, I think at this point, they, they didn't really take this serious enough to get it under control. I, I, it might be too late. Like, 
seriously, this could wipe out the entire ecosystem in, in the Florida Everglades. It is Asian swamp eels. And you're like, what? I haven't heard of those being up there. Yeah, well, and here's the best part. They got released into the area. Like, snakes get loose. A swamp eel's kind of got to stay in water. They say these MFers are released in uh, religious rituals. So some crazy, weird Asian religion where they go down there and release these Asian swamp eels. Now you're like, what exactly is an Asian swamp eel? You ever go to a sushi bar and you have eel? That's an Asian swamp eel. It is an eel, like a two foot long, slimy, creepy crawly thing. And here's the problem with these swamp eels. They eat everything, everything. And they're incredibly, incredibly resilient. They say one of these MFers can crawl into the dirt and burrow itself down when the dry seasons hit the Everglades and not eat and live down there for five years without having to come up for air and not having to eat again. But now where this is a big problem is when they burrow down into the ground like that, that's the same thing that like uh, crawfish do when they lay their eggs and they, and they just eat the eggs. Same thing with frogs, like they'll go down. There's a lot of animals that rely on a dry season in the Everglades that go into the, like, the muddy areas and lay eggs and fish and predators can't get up there to get it. And that's how they survive. And then they have the babies and then the winter comes, the babies go on about their business and the predators come in and start eating everything and it regenerates itself. These guys, re you know, it's the circle of life at that point. They all have something to eat. Well, these eels are eating everything and they can eat it at the breeding ground. So you've got all the frogs and the crawfish and all that stuff, all the small creatures that most of the things in that uh, swampy area eat being eaten before they're even born. And it's bad. It's really, really bad. They say the eels have had a presence in certain pockets of the Florida Everglades uh, for a long, long time. But they say the hard numbers on this are devastating to the ecosystem when we look at what the appetite of these eels and how they eat everything in their pet, literally everything, bugs, eggs, frogs, crawfish. They just devour everything. They say uh, the populations of two of the native crawfish and the tiny flagfish have already dropped 99% since the eels took over the, the marsh areas. The population of marsh killfish, a very tiny fish, dropped 91%. And then the eastern mosquito fish, which are very important because what do they eat? Mosquitoes, which are really bad disease spreading uh, bastards. They've dropped as much as 66% since these eels have showed up on the scene. And these eels not only are thriving in this environment, like I say, they can bury themselves and not have to eat for five years. And if the weather gets dry, they'll just be down in the underground and they'll come out five years later. Say they first came in in the 90s, possibly by some people just dumping them, but why would you just dump an eel? They say most likely through religious practices where people release these eels into the water thinking it's nothing. They first found them in a canal near the Hard Rock Stadium in 1997. Uh, they made their way into the Everglades by 2007, and now they're all over with populations in Tampa, Sarasota Bays, uh, Peace River, 
And they find them now in Georgia, Louisiana, and New York. They found them as far north as New York. So this is really, really bad. They say they've been catching these eels since about 2009, and it was pretty rare, and now they're everywhere. So the native species of Asia, these swamp eels, they say, are uniquely suited to survive in the feast and famine world that is the Florida Everglades, and it is a perfect uh, habitat for them and are really bad for anything else now. So we'll see. If they've dropped the crayfish population to 99% already, it's going to be bad. There's going to be a lot of mad southerners going, what happened my crawfish bowl? I can't have my crawfish boil no more. I'm gonna get down there and get my mom make an eel ball. What I'm gonna do? We're gonna eat all my crawfish. And effort. Yeah, this is gonna happen. You're gonna hear that. So beware if you're in Florida. Things are gonna change and not for the good. It's the Big 49. Big, 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 big. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. All right, quick, somebody get Derek Kelly on the phone because I know exactly what happened to his results in Seattle. If you don't know, Derek Kelly is a friend of the 49, and the dude is a perennial top 10 rider all season long in the 250 West Division. And last weekend, he had an incredible exception to the rule when he fell out of the top 10 and landed at number 15. Now, I sat down and I studied the film, and I know exactly what happened. I need to get Derek on the line and let him know. This is what it was. He wore a Seattle Seahawks helmet. Now, Derek, I'm pretty sure if you throw that helmet in the trash, you will be right back to the top eight in Arizona. No problem. You're welcome, Derek. That's what friends are for. I'm Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Oh, get up. I feel like a sex machine. You ever do that? You wake up one day, you're like, I feel like a sex machine today. I'm going to put it down four, five, nine times. Pow, pow, pow. Gonna break them out, break them out. Gonna break some backs. Gonna smash some headboards. Gonna do what I gotta do. Imagine you had no penis. And I'm not saying you're a female. I'm saying you got no, you're a eunuch. No penis. Got your testes hanging down. You're like, well, that's the weirdest looking non-penis I've ever seen. A big old set of testes hanging there. No penis whatsoever. That's what happens many times. People suffer an injury or uh, people get cancer. And they go in, they're like, yeah, sorry, got to chop off your, we got to chop off your schlong. No more schlong sticker for you. We got to chop it off or you're going to die. That's a horrible, 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 horrible situation. Ah, here's the story of a man. His name is Thomas. That's all we're going to know him by. His name is Thomas. 2012 was a bad snowy day outside. He was carrying a box down a ramp. And he's walking up and down, and he says his legs went out from under him. And the load landed right between his legs. Smash. The injury left him with a crushed penis. Carrying a big old box down in the snow, slips and falls, the ball lands on his junk and breaks it forever. For weeks, he had a burning sensation. Thought it'd heal up. He's like, that box hit me in the junk, it'll be fine. He goes into the doctor. And he's like, doctor, something's wrong, man. I can't get rid of this burning sensation. I hurt my penis. Doctor goes in to look at his penis, and he's like, this this uh, crate falling on your schlong and breaking it is the best thing to ever happen to you. You have cancer. You have a very rare form of penis cancer. And he's like, say what? And they're like, we got to chop your dick off immediately. Your penis is gone. He said, my what? 
He said, you're schlongstika. We got to take it off. And the guy's like, I got cancer. It's spreading. And he's like, I just said, okay. Bye-bye, penis. And then they chopped off his penis. He said, immediately, can I get a transplant? They said, no, you can't. He's like, wait a minute, but I'm a sex machine. Sometimes I wake up and I feel like a sex machine. Sometimes I wake up and I'm like, oh, I feel good. Like James Brown. Hardest working man in show business. Once upon a time. Rest in peace, Mr. Brown. They tell him, no. He's just going to be a eunuch. Just going to have two nuts down there and that's about it. He says he does it. And then he's got bigger things to worry about because then for about four years after that, he battles cancer before he becomes cancer free said every time he went to the doctor he said can i have a penis transplant please and the doctor was like there's no such thing no so finally one day he said he gets a call from his doctor and he's like oh crap my cancer's back because you know they follow that closely once you have cancer you beat it they want to see when it comes back and the doctor says you still up for a penis transplant he says stop 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 playing playing with me doctor playing my emotions you know i want my penis back and they're like, well, there's a new experimental procedure. And, well, we get a donor penis, and we're going to just throw it right on you. Imagine being that guy. You sing, you sign up to be an organ donor. You didn't know they really meant your organ. Yeah, the organ. They're going to take that. I know you can have my heart. You can have my liver. Wait a minute. You're going to chop off my schlong? I don't get my schlong in the afterlife? You're going to take it? But then again, think about it. If you really love your schlong, and most dudes do, wouldn't you want it to live on? Wouldn't you want to say, you know what, Schlong? I've had a good time with you. I'm going to give you to somebody else that needs you more than I do now. I'm heading off into the afterlife. You're going to go back into action, putting you back in the battle, putting you back in the fight, seeing if you can throw it down like a sex machine every day. I'm going to will you to this guy. And that's what somebody did. Twelve weeks uh, later, after testing and all kinds of crap, they were able to... Uh, give him a new schlong from a donor. And he says, he got a new schlong. He got a new lease on life. I got my junk back. But it's no party, according to this guy. He's like, it's great, and he's glad he did it, and he missed his penis. And granted, it's not his penis, it's someone else's penis. But he says he looks down and he has a penis. Here's what's nuts. It's fully functional. Fully, fully functional says he's had sex with it and everything like functional like not just like hey i can pee and hold my schlong again no he gets a bone and uh, can have sex he already had sex with it said it took years though and it was painstakingly hard he says he's a guy that doesn't drink alcohol doesn't do drugs and just because of his penis transplant he has to take tons of pills every single day he says almost 40 pills a day he has to take for the transplant procedure. So it's a very long process and you have to be all in to make this work. And there's no guarantees it will work. They may put it on and be like, sorry, your penis is rotten off. We got to chop it off or it's going to infect you and kill you. Says women, he said he started dating again when he was with no penis. He said he didn't want to date because they want to be like, hey, if you're looking for a relationship with a guy that doesn't have a penis and can never satisfy you sexually, I'm your dude. He didn't want to be that guy. Even though he could have used a strap on, could have used oil. There's things he could have done. Would have been not fun for him, but fun for her. Well, now he doesn't have to worry about that. You know why? You know why? You know why? He got a schlong. He got a working schlong. He says some women seek him out and want to have sex with him because they want to be like, yeah, you know that guy with the Franken penis? I banged him. Banged him up good. I tried to break that thing off. 
I gave him some reverse cowgirl, tried to knock that thing right off him. It's attached pretty good. It wouldn't come off. I was grinding on it. Pow, 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 pow. And it wouldn't come off. So shout out to you, Mr. Thomas, and your Franken penis. I'm glad that it works. I'm glad that you are happy. I'm glad that you're having sex again. I'm glad that you feel good. And you jump back on a good foot like a sex machine, like Godfather Soul James Brown. Way to go. See, there's hope. Never lose hope. There's always hope. You lose your schlong, things can be bad. It can be dark for a few years, but you may get it back. So don't do anything stupid. Don't lose hope. Keep pushing for yourself. Keep bothering your doctor, and eventually they'll find you an organ donor and get you a new penis. How great is that? That's amazing. Shout out to you, Mr. New Penis Thomas. I'm Stretch. Coming up next, let's talk to Mr. Cooper Webb, Red Bull KTM, Red Plate Holder, guy in a battle for the championship with Eli Tomac. We got him up here after the Seattle Supercross. Coming up on a Big 4-9. Big 49. It is a stretch show on a Thursday morning tomorrow. Gonna be Friday already. The Moto Show. Moto Man and Bookie Kyle up in the house. See what those numbnuts talk about on a Friday at 3 o'clock. There's Moto Stories out there. They got stuff to talk about. And then on Saturday... Typically, when there is no racing, we will do the Moto Show at noon on Saturdays. I may get on. I may jump on there. I'm going to try. Jump on for a bit before I have to go to this party. I know my wife will not be incredibly happy, but I can jump on, I bet, noon to one. So, make this happen. But then again, I might be at the Alpine Stars deal in Torrance. I'm going to go check that out. It's right by my house. How could I not go? I'm a Moto dude. I'm a member of the Moto Media. By the way... Uh, Roger DeCoster. We thought he was our friend. We did not get invited to that big opening party at the KTM World Headquarters way out in the Inland Empire. No, we did not. There's one motocross rock radio station on the planet. He's called the Big 49. Our invitation must have got lost in the mail, Roger. Evil Emperor. By the way, I say that with all due respect. He is the most powerful man in moto. And if he, like, wanted to look across the room and magically choke you with his freaking Star Wars powers, his Jedi Knight powers, uh, dark side Jedi Knight powers, you'd be dead and your moto career would be over. He's the Emperor. Don't mess with Roger DeCar. I'm glad I'm not trying to race in moto. I do like that man though. He's badass. He built a badass moto empire. Dark side empire. <laughs> Yeah, we, we didn't get invited. I, 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 you guys lost our address, or our emails, or our phone numbers. I don't know what you're doing. Anyway, let's talk about a guy right now. He's not all right. The kids are not all right. And this story, it's a man. He lived in Poland. He's a Polak. That's not mean to say when you live in Poland, you're a Polak. And his mother passed away. 13 years ago, his mother passed away. And, well, very recently she was found in his apartment. This gets weird. I can't even say this guy's name. Uh, It happened in Rogozina, Radlin, Poland. And there was this guy. And his mom died 13 years ago. And he's an old guy. And recently, the police were called to an apartment. And when they got there, 
And you're like, wait a minute, this is 13 years ago. What's happening now recently? Well, recently, police are called to this apartment where this elderly guy lived. And when they came in, well, they found a mummy on his couch. Guess what? It was mommy, dearest. Yeah, he went in there and dug up his mom right after she died. Brought her home and mummified her. And they're saying whatever chemicals he used, she's very, very well preserved. But dead mom just sitting on the couch. And they say they know it because there was newspapers like under and around her from the year that she passed away. Which means that's probably right after she died. He went down, dug her up, brought her home immediately. Uh, taxidermied mom up real good. Think he made her smile? Or is she just sitting there looking dead on the couch? Because I'm not going to tell you. Uh, there's no one I love more on the planet than my mother. But my mom just looking at my dead mom every day would bum me out. I would rather not look at her and just, you know, try to move on with the grieving process than be like, hey, dead mom, what's going on? I, I couldn't imagine that. And if you've lost a parent, I know that is very, very, very hard for you. And that is hard to get over. But don't go dig up dead mom or dad and bring them home and put them on the couch. First off, they're going to stay. Uh, you're going to go to jail. Like, this guy's old guy. He's in jail. He's in his 70s and he's in jail. And you're going to go to jail. He did have a lot of mothballs around. They said uh, an overwhelming stench of mothballs in the room where uh, dead mom was for 13 years sitting on the couch just kicking it. You think he left Oprah on for or what he was doing? Oh, mom, here's your show. I'll be back. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But it's crazy. This guy... He's just in trouble, and it's weird and wrong. Like, you dig up your dead mom and then taxidermy her, put a surprise look on her face. Hey, here's my mom. Have your friends come over. Hey, here's my mom. Shh, don't wake up my mom. Wait, your mom's dead. No, no, she's not. Don't you say that. She's just sleeping while she watches TV. She's resting her eyes. I don't know if you put plastic eyes in her that were, like, surprised or sunglasses on her, and he did, like, weekend at Bernie's. Maybe he took her out for the uh, senior special sometimes, but who knows? It's not funny. Don't laugh at dead mom. This guy's mom died. It's, it's tragic. Just telling you what not to do, though. Don't don't dig up your dead parents and don't uh, embalm them and put them on your couch because people will look at you differently. Yeah. If I came over and Moto Man had a dead body on the couch, besides not being shocked, I would be like, Moto, here's what's going to happen. I don't know who that is. I don't want to know who that is. I'm your friend. Stretch is your friend, Moto. Remember that. Don't kill Stretch. I'm going to call the authorities now. You stay right here. Okay? Don't you move. I'm calling the authorities. It's for your own good, Moto. Stay right here. And then I run like hell, and on my way, burning out down the driveway of the radio station, I'm calling 911 going, Yeah, my buddy's lost his mind. I got a dead body up in the studio. I roll him. I roll you right out of the bus. I'm that kind of friend. Yeah, I'm not to get the shovel in the plastic bag friend. I'm the oh crap, time to notify the authorities friend. That's what I am. It's for your own good. Yeah. The kids are not all right. I know that. All right, let's get out of here. What's my next story? I got another story. I got more stories. You know, my next story is going to be about a crazy trans person that murdered. And it's not the shooter in uh, Nashville that happened this weekend. This is another one. And this happened down in uh, Brazil. We'll talk about it. It's crazy. Get into this story next. It's the Big 49. 
Big, 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 big. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. Now here's something pretty cool, and it's right here in Southern California on the west side, and I can tell you I am going to go and attend this. It is Saturday in Torrance at the Alpine Stars World Headquarters. They got like a little open house thing going on out there from 7.30 to 10.30, and they'll have cars and bikes and suits and gear and all kinds of stuff up on display. I think I'm going to go out there and check this out. I'm Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from oh, now. Man, here we go. Time to talk about some psycho killers. Here's how this works. We're down in Brazil. But there's a group of dudes who are now girls. So they're not a group of dudes. I apologize. That was insulting and mean to say. There's a group of ladies that used to be men. And they're having a conversation, and I have a feeling the conversation went something like this. Oh, my God. You know what? I totally wonder. Am I a psycho? I'd love to know if I'm a psychopath. And they're like, well, well, here's how we'll find out. Listen, we'll just get some innocent person and we'll murder them and then we'll see how you react and if depending on how you react we'll know if you're psycho oh my god that's such a great plan let's do this let's find someone who killed them but who are we gonna kill i know we'll find a very petite girl and we'll seek her out and then we'll just murder her and we'll see how you behave and that's how we know if you're a psycho oh fabulous fabulous so that's what they did now this happened down in Brazil. And they only got 15 years in prison for this, by the way. They found an 18-year-old named Ariana Barbara. And they picked her out specifically to murder because she was very skinny and small. And they said wouldn't be able to fight back very well. And they didn't want to put up a fight, being that they once were men, but now they're women. And they went down. By the way, the guy's name is... Uh, one of the guys' name is Enzo Giacomini Carnero Matos. But he goes by Freya. That's his girl name. Uh, she, I keep screwing this up. I need to sincerely apologize to the trans LGBTQ motoman community. I am sorry. So here we go. Uh, they are, they get this girl and then they bring her in a car out into a wooded area. And one of them just strangles the crap out of her and then they stab her twice and then they ditch the body and they take off. Unfortunately, being that they are now uh, uh, lovely ladies and not psychopaths, apparently they're not psychopaths. Well, I think they are. They find out they left a lot of DNA evidence and they quickly get caught after this body is discovered. And then that's the story they tell police. Well, here's what happened. I was sitting here just like, am I a psychopath? I don't know. You know, I'll find out if I'm a psychopath, I'll murder someone, and then I'll just see if I feel bad after. And apparently they didn't feel bad because after the murder, they went out to dinner and they just continued on with their lives like nothing ever happened. Which I guess, maybe you are a psychopath. I don't know what, the, you know, their little scientific study, uh, uh, what the results were to them. But to me, that resulted in all three of you were psychopaths and you are now going to prison. Yeah, that was it. I want to see if I'm a psychopath. Let's just find some tiny person and murder them and then we'll know well i guess if you do find a tiny person and you murder them you are a psychopath in, in my eyes but you know i'm not a you know I'm, I'm not as uh mixed up as you guys might be 
first, because that, that seems pretty straightforward to me. Yeah, if you want to kill someone in general for no reason, you're a psychopath in, in my eyes. There we go. Their lawyers have already appealed the court's decision on their conviction for homicide. Yeah. They also, uh, part of their group that they didn't name was a minor teenager that they also found. Oh my God. You know what? I'm gonna want a psycho. You know what we're gonna do? Let's just go kill a few people and see if I feel bad about it. And then if I don't, I guess I'm a psycho. Oh my God, let's go. And that's what happened. Can't make this crap up, man. These people are crazy. I'm Stretch. Time to get up out of here. Final hour of the Stretch Show rolling up next. It's the Big 49. Big, big, big. big. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. A lot of social media posts yesterday going around after they had that grand opening of that incredibly beautiful new KTM World Headquarters here in Southern California. They had all the suits out there, all the factory riders out there. Hell, the entire moto industry was out there, and they were all fancied up wearing suits and stuff. It's that kind of nice. But the best part of all the videos to me is all of those factory riders getting together out on the private track they have in the back and they were going to town and getting some outdoor practice in. There is no word, though, on if Cooper Webb was giving everybody finger guns when he beat them. I'm Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Uh, music to my ears. The Broham. Time to go music on the Stretch Show. Time to get up out of here. Thank you so much for listening. If you are new to the Stretch Show, tell some people. If you found us, I'm noticing now some people are finding us from the podcast. They're like, oh, what's this podcast? And they'll look for something and they'll we'll show, we'll show up and then they'll listen. And they probably know nothing about the Big 49. The Big 49 is the world's greatest rock and roll motocross radio station in the world. I can say that scientifically, factually, it is true. There's not another one. We are the only one. <laughs> so check it out. If you are a listener of the 49 and you want to hear the stretch show in its entirety, and not have to drag through nine hours to do it. You can hear the podcast anywhere podcasts are served. If you are a fan of moto, we do a spectacular moto show on Saturdays. Coverage of all of the Supercross and motocross racing events. And then we take that. That is filmed. That is a vlog. So it's better than a podcast. It's got video too. And it is shot in the big 49 studios where I rarely am at. I'm usually at the Stretch 49 studios. And... You can see that on our website at thebig49.com. That's where the vlogs are. We got them on YouTube. We're everywhere. We're the we're, we're taking over all media and all mediums. That's what we're doing. It is our mission to spread the love. So thank you. Uh, tell a friend. Send it away. Tell someone else. Just trying to keep it growing. Keep it going. We love moto. We want to grow the sport of moto. We are fans of moto. We get a hold of riders whenever we can. We go to events whenever we can. And we play kick-ass rock and roll all the rest of the time. Back tomorrow for the Friday show. Moto Man and Kyle will be up in here. They'll be doing their thing 3 o'clock on Friday. And then on Saturday, usually noon is when we start the Moto Show when no one is racing. And there's no racing this weekend. It is off. We come back with a doubleheader, though, next weekend. We'll be out of Glen Helen for the two-stroke nationals and then follow it up with the coverage of Supercross Triple Crown event at Glendale, Arizona in the evening. So we're going to be busy, busy beavers. <laughs> I said beavers. 
I kill me. Anyway, we're up out of here. Once again, thank you for listening. Shout out to Cooper. Shout out to Barsha. Tomorrow, I don't know what I'm going to do. I may just rerun all three of my 450 interviews. Next week, I'll get the 250s from Seattle. Try to make all these last as long as I can until we get back to racing and get more interviews from these guys. Until then, God bless you all. God bless the United States of America.